Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall, and I'm with my guys, Robbie and Mike, to talk some kicks. How's it going, fellas? It's going good, man. Um, just uh, trying to find some, some new places to sit in my house now. <laughs> right? I keep walking around. I saw this post of, like, commuting during the coronavirus where you walk from like the bathroom to the closet to the couch. And that's kind of like the mindset I'm in is trying to keep it moving as much as I can without leaving. Yep. Yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's rough. It's rough. Um, I, uh, I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm still like, I'm quarantined, you know, like staying in, in the house. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you know, like, how can I, how can I change this up? So the last, uh, actually before we started recording the last probably hour or so we've been talking about, can we rearrange the house, uh, (laughs) to do something to make it like, you know, maybe we move the TV or move the, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's tough stuff, but I, uh, I have been, I have been consuming a lot more content than I usually do. Um, whether it be podcasts or, or YouTube videos or whatever. So that's kind of good. Cause I'm, I'm like slowly discovering some new people. Cause I think it's really difficult to, to just be like, okay, cool. Where do you even start? You know, which if you haven't checked it out, um, we'll put a link in the description, but a while back we put together a list of all the sneaker podcasts. So if you're into sneakers, um, obviously like we want you listening to us, but there's a lot of other people out there talking about sneakers. So you can find it, um, on the sneaker history site or just search for sneaker podcast. And I think we should come up, but, um, anyway, uh, this episode, before we get into it, I, I do want to sh- read off just a quick review. Um, paradise Oh five kept it short and sweet said, this is a good show. Lots of fun to listen to lots of fun to listen to as someone new to sneakers. Thanks guys. We appreciate you, Paradise05, for for taking the time to leave us a review. I'm especially excited for people that are new to sneakers because I think that, uh, you know, sneakers can be such an intimidating thing because we're so we're so niche about our hobby and we're so passionate about it that you know when you're on social it gets a little dangerous to just be like, Oh, this is that, you know, because you got random people popping in and being like, yep, you're wrong. No, you must be a newbie, all that stuff. And hopefully we don't ever do that. Obviously we want to share our opinions, but we also want to make it, you know, welcoming and like 
really help bring more people into the sneaker world, you know, like let us share these experiences with everybody. So we appreciate you guys taking the time to leave, leave a review on iTunes. Um, if you do have a moment, definitely we would appreciate it. Yeah, man. Definitely love the discussion, especially with everyone kind of chilling around lately. Please hit us up. You guys have any topics you guys want to just have a open discussion about a particular shoe or shoes. Let us know, man. We're, we're always here ready to, ready to talk about it. And it makes us happy. There's nothing better than going and it's like finding a love letter or hate mail either way, but it's just fun finding the comments. So, <laughs> so true. So true. Um, so lots of crazy news going on. Uh, the coronavirus is obviously throwing people's plans straight under the bus. Uh, and you know, squashing them to, you know, nothingness basically. So the last thing that, or the latest thing I should say to be canceled, um, canceled in a non cancel culture way, I should say <laughs> the, uh, the Tokyo Olympics. It sounds like they're not happening, right? Yeah. It looks like they're going to, they're trying to push it, which is, uh, unprecedented move because typically the rule is if the Olympics cannot be moved to another location to happen at that same time frame, it is just canceled until the next four years. But because of what's going on, this is not something that's in the control of Tokyo or anyone else or the athletes. They're looking to actually push it to 2021 um, to give the athletes additional time to train and prepare so they can complete the trials Um which I am glad because I actually really like the Olympics. Uh, I, I will sit my butt in front of the TV for a month and a half, two months, whatever it is, and watch as much as I can. But my thought was, what happens to all of that product that we've been getting views of from like Nike, who just unveiled it? I'm sure everyone else, Adidas, um, I'm sure New Balance has some basketball items. Uh, Puma, I'm sure, has some basketball items, track items for sure. What happens to those items and that, that product that we've been exposed to? Is it released this year to stay on track? Because that's their that's their summer, you know, part of their spring summer collection, that Olympic attire and that Olympic product, or does it get pushed out to twenty twenty one? So I didn't even think of that. I thought that if it can't go, they're just gonna skip it because the infrastructure is really hard to move and it's just so many so many uh juggling pieces going on at one time that that'd be crazy if they got to go the next year but i mean they could still release the next four percent zoom crazy super runner shoe um they can still release that without the olympics going on that'll still have plenty of coverage it's been hotly covered the past what year already so i don't think that'd be too hard to move um you know summertime is usually a good time for kevin durant shoes to drop so we'd probably see the kd13 um maybe a new alpha dunk since they're not doing the hyper dunks anymore there's a little little things like that it's better having the olympic banner because that's when we remember so many different shoes like the you know the flyknit race um, f- um lunar flyknit trainers and the uh, Hyperdunk 08s, um, you know, the LeBron 10s, just all these great shoes. The Jordan 31 debuted around that time a couple of years ago. So, I mean, it's always better to have that global stage, but Nike and Adidas, all these brands will still ultimately be okay. 
And if there's t-shirts printed already, you just donate them. That's like standard practice. Get that as a write-off. But um, I'd be super surprised if we saw a game in 2021 and more thinking that it's just going to be skipped. Uh, That's exactly how I feel. Um, I just, I I think once you, once you go past, um, I don't know, you know, the, once you go past, you know, the year and that whole cycle that the Olympics runs on, um, I feel like it's just like, let's just, let's just cancel it and, and move on to the next. But I also totally feel bad for the, the athletes that have been training for, you know, all their lives to, to get to this point and have this situation come up. Um, I think that the, I think that like the, the brands, like you said, will be fine. Everybody will figure that part out. You know, like these companies have lots of money in the bank and not to say that they won't go into hard times and have to cut back and be smarter about their spending and all of those things. But at the end of the day, like the individual's, that are that are missing out on the Olympics because of this are the ones that I really feel for. Um, also, because like I, I I'm a big fan of the Olympics too. Like Mike said, you know I think it's 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 lost a lot of energy over the past you know decade or so. But to me, this is one of those times where you get to see people that are literally the best in the world at something that you'll never see without it, you know, and a lot of that turns into opportunities and partnerships. And, and honestly, like from, you know, my experience working as somebody in the media for a while is, you know, getting access to people, um, that like that is, is great for the media side, the content side of it. So there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to get kind of disrupted from this, but, um, I think, you know, if things are printed, if things are already there, you know, so be it, right? Like Robbie said, that's a tax write-off for these companies. And if it gets changed, then, you know, they'll figure that part out too. Cause, cause, you know, I also think that if it gets canceled completely, then when it happens, it's going to be, honestly, I think everything's going to be a much more important thing, whatever that thing is moving forward from this. And like the Olympics will, will be something that we don't take lightly. Um, the way we have in the past decade or so. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how, how it happens. So uh, one thing I, I will say I didn't think about, but I'll, I'll have to find it, but I came across like a, um, I, I came across like a, a, a tweet from an Olympic athlete that was training that ended up uh, getting the coronavirus and, he was basically just saying how he didn't realize how, you know, how much this would wipe people out and how dangerous it's going to be for people training. Because, you know, when you're at that level of athleticism, your training is, you know, literally years in the making, right? Like these people chain, train their entire lives, but like the four years leading up to the Olympics, between Olympics, if they've been there before, or the first time, like that regimen is what, you know, conditions your body to be prepared for it. And to have, you know, something that's going to knock you out for three to four weeks 
off of your training regimen is a is a really like eye opening thing, especially because you don't really think about, you know, I think like we've we've like almost dumbed it down in terms of athletes because of the NBA and, you know, how we've seen like, okay, guys have got it. They're recovering, blah, blah, blah. And and it's not it's not portrayed as as serious as it might be. So um, going to be really interesting. I don't know what else to say. I'm happy you brought that up because random fact about me, I swam all throughout college and swimming is one of those sports that only has shine every four years. And it's so hard to train for and it takes, you know, five hours a day, six days a week for four years to get even to the stage. And um, I've had friends in the past, not to get too far into it, but the way um, Olympic trials works in swimming is top two per event this automatically make it so they have us trials which i've had many friends compete in i was never quite that fast but um i'm very familiar with the process and so top two wins so you you have to do that and i've had friends that have gotten third and fourth and just so close and they say themselves next year is going to be the year i make top two and that happened literally to a friend in 2016 so uh, the past four years, just focused on this, and then all it takes is a virus, and all that work for the past three and three-fourths years goes to just about nothing. Um, so it's it's demoralizing. It's, it's tough for the athletes that don't get the notoriety, basketball, um, soccer. Um, no, th- those will be okay. But it's the, it's the fencers, it's the um, – I can't even think like the well, track and field. That's pretty year round and pretty globalized, but you know, volleyball, um, water polo, badminton, like that's their time. And it's been sadly taken away. Yeah. And then this year was going to be the first year of skateboarding. So I can imagine all those guys and girls who, who made their, the teams for the first time for their country, for the inaugural competition, just it sucks because they they put everything into it with this new format of these trials they went through starting last year through all the, the competitions. So everyone was so stoked about that, and now they're having to, to postpone everything, And which I don't know what's better. Um, because I know if you postpone it to next year, which I was reading Bleacher Report again, looks like, yeah, the, uh, the Olympic Committee is going with that for 2021. Um, I don't know if it's better to do that to you know give these athletes to shine just like robbie said because they have to wait another four years before their their sport even sees the light of day in the sense of people's minds or if it's just better to scrap it and just try again but i don't know it's, it's so many there's pros and cons to each because i mean it, it, if they did scrap it i think the it would stink because a lot of those athletes would almost age out of the competitions thinking like a lot of the gymnasts who are typically younger especially on the female side they were pretty much age out of the competition um, when it came back around in what, 2024. So uh, it's good that they're going to get their their shine. I just hope this doesn't disrupt them too much to where their level of competition drops. You guys, uh, you, you guys kind of know what I mean there? No, definitely. And it really stinks that gentlemen skateboarders across the world won't have a chance to lose to Nigel. It's just, it's sad. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so true so true um i mean i think that's a great point though like the the aging thing is something that a lot of people probably don't think about because 
you know, like as a, you know, top of the game athlete, regardless of sport, you know, your window is very small. And, you know, as I think skateboarding and basketball are two of the more where there's a, a, a bigger window, um, or at least it's perceived that way because we've seen a lot of people, you know, like a LeBron play for what is it, 18 years now at a tremendous level. And Nigel's the same thing. Like, you know, he, he's from Davis outside of Sacramento. So like, I, I remember seeing him at the skate park when he was probably 11, 12 years old, you know? Um, so I think, I think there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of other options, not, it's, it's not going to fill the void for, for these athletes or for the fans. But as a, as somebody who watches a lot of racing and goes to a lot of races and is like a big car, car guy, um, you know, like formula one and, uh, sports car racing, like IMSA, if you're familiar with that, they have, have teamed up with, with like virtual, um, basically like online, uh, driving simulators to recreate races and, you know, this weekend was kind of the first time, but it was really cool to see all of these athletes kind of, you know, get in these racing simulators and then compete online, but like also have that be streamed and, you know, like let people see what's going on and hear the conversations, because that's one thing that adds another element to the fans experience that I don't think, you know, you really pay attention to where, if you're watching, a, you know, a race, for instance, and skateboarding and, and basketball, like you see a little bit of trash talk. But if you're watching a race, you see the drivers, you see the communication between the drivers and the pit crews and the, you know, the team managers and all these things. But you never see the back and forth between the actual drivers. So what was interesting about this weekend was, uh, on, at least on the Formula One side, you got to see a lot of back and forth between the drivers through the Twitch feed. So to me, that's kind of interesting. Like it doesn't fulfill the need. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I want to be out there smelling the the race fuel and like the burning rubber. And like, you know, I want to hear the sounds like that whole experience to me is like a big deal, but to step back and say, Hey, if, if this is what's going to get us through for a few months or a year or whatever this takes, this is kind of a cool way to do it that a lot of people aren't, you know, doing it. I mean, the NBA has done a good job with, with like throwing new game or not new, but representing old games and, you know, letting people watch old games. But, you know, maybe there's ways that, you know, I mean, imagine like an Olympic skate competition in Tony Hawk, you know, like to pro skate, you know, like that would be crazy. Tony too. I got it. Right. I got it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that would be interesting. And I know that that's not the same kind of skills. And I know that, that, you know, but there are a lot of things that could be really entertaining. Um, you know, like obviously like with my buddy Mitch being at call of duty, I feel like even that, right. So many people play call of duty. What if you turn around and make the, the pro skate call of duty league or whatever that is, and you've got a bunch of like different ways of creating some friendly competition and fun stuff, you know, so these people can still kind of at least, you know, get themselves out there because part of it, like, like Robbie said, like that public, that public, you know, eye or whatever, you know, that exposure is such a huge thing for 
pro athletes or, you know, Olympic athletes trying to make money to support their training. So, uh, I know it's a, it's a man, it's a tough situation though. Yeah. And I want to circle back real quick. I know we're probably going to move on for this one in a second, but we're talking about the the sneakers and I know like the next percent, the, the, the running shoe that's going to get a shine regardless, because I mean, let's be fair. That's probably the only athletic thing that we can do as a people right now is run because it doesn't involve being with groups of people. So that's going to get a shine. But the Air Zoom BB Next is supposed to be the next, you know, hyperdunk. Do you think it's going to be presented in the NBA playoffs if it does move that to that July August mark, as opposed to waiting for the Olympics? Ooh, that's. I mean, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but I really don't think not to be a double Debbie Downer now. But we're like. <laughs> It's like the cases keep going up and up and up and up and up, like exponentially. So last week, I felt more optimistic about having basketball. Um, this morning, I feel substantially less optimistic about it. So that shoe's a really tough sale being at $400, right? Because it could have... Um, you oh, know. no, it's 180. It's 180. This one's, uh, this one's not an adapt. This one's just a, the Zoom BB. It has the React foam. Then it has the two Zoom units in the forefront. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, this would be the next team shoe, like because the Alpha Dunk didn't do squat, like people pretty much crapped on it. So they're moving on to this next model, and it's supposed to be presented to the U.S. Olympic team, and you know, of course, the yellow Olympic teams that are Nike sponsored. Uh, so I wonder if this would be the, I mean, if there even is basketball, you know, take that with a grain of salt. If this would be a way to present it during those potential playoffs, as opposed to wait until the Olympics in twenty twenty one, since the playoffs would take that time spot. Uh, I get what you're saying. So, I mean, well, the adapt BB is a hard sell $400 to end. Yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, you know, that BB it's, I think it will take a hit if they can't release it with some kind of event, because that's what made, you know, every hyperdunk that was great. Great. Was it had something behind it, an event, a moment, a performance, and without that, it's just another basketball shoe in a very crowded market. And when you go to buy it, let's say on sneakers, a day at release, and there's a Travis Scott shoe and an Air Max coming out, it's going to be third fiddle automatically. So I think it's, it's definitely going to take a hit if they can't find a way to hopefully have a sport to tie it with. Yeah, in my opinion – if if I'm the brands right now, I stop everything new because you can't possibly rely on only digital advertising to sell brand new product, right? Like this is something that, you know, as much as, as much as we all love, you know, trying to buy stuff online and finding deals and like, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that kind of stuff in the future. But um, to me, the, the retro product and the re-releases is the only stuff that you should be thinking about trying to sell right now for the next six months. Um, I don't think that, I don't think we'll have like professional sports until probably 2021, um, at least on the scale that we normally have it, you know, like I hope that it's, that it's better. I hope that it's a couple months, three months away and we start seeing, you know, things calm down with this. 
but the the challenge with a new product is that you you really need to be able to try it on and and use it and play in it and even if you're not going to go out and play basketball in one of those shoes you you know like Robbie said there's there's the moments that are tied to it but from a personal experience you want to be able to like put them on walk around you know that type of stuff is you know is what drives kind of the the business of footwear so you know and and i think of like you know our friend chris over and chris and drew over at wear testers right like those guys are you know they're going to review shoes you know they're not going to stop right but at the same time how many people are going to have the ability to go out and play and how many people are actually going to be willing to spend the money on those shoes to go play so I don't think that I think like the the worst of this is still to come. I think that, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of people disregard the suggestions that come from health, you know, officials and governments, right? Like here in LA, they had to had to come out and say like don't go to the beach because so many people went to the beach. And it's like those types of things are going to happen everywhere, in my opinion, because just like separating us are separating ourselves, you know, the social distancing thing, I don't think is going to be enough to keep this from being a continual problem. I think that it's great that it's going to slow it down, all those things. But like, that just slows it down, like, it's going to be a long time if we slow it down. So to me, the brands should be thinking about like, let's, let's put this on hold. Because let's be real, new technology right now is still going to be new technology a year, a year and a half, two years from now. Like things, the, the, the world has almost came to a pause. So it's not like it's not like production is still happening on a lot of that product. A lot of this stuff, you know, and like I talked about my own personal experience, like one of the companies that I was working with stopped production, you know, by 60, 70 percent. Because they don't want their workers getting, you know, getting sick in the factories. They don't want their employees coming into the office and getting people sick. And I think that like slowdown effect is is more, it's less about like, let's get this new technology and product. Like people are still going to be thinking about ways to be creative and, and make new from what's going on, right? Like if I'm a designer, I'm still looking at everything and going, I want to make this better, right? I want to improve upon this in this way. But to really test those little things out, you're not going to have the opportunity to do that in the same way that you would. Now, there will be people that are in, you know, elevated places within the companies or professional athletes or people that have, you know, the, let's say the wealth to have, you know, their own gym or whatever that is, or, you know, if we're lucky enough to be able to go out and play outdoors, like that'd be great. But I just, I personally don't see that. And I think like, let's just, let's just cut all this out. People probably aren't going to be spending a ton of money on sneakers or clothes, but you know, they're going to they're not going to stop because there's there's value in that that's that's more than just the shoes or the clothes right the feeling that you get from throwing on a pair of new shoes is still really important to people and it and it will be regardless of this you know coronavirus stuff but at the same time the brands don't need to be 
spending a bunch of money trying to market products that aren't really going to have a full experience like you would normally create, right? You think of like, like let's say the Travis or the Fear of God releases, right? Jerry Lorenzo and Fear of God have done an incredible job of creating energy around those releases, whether it's the the like meetup, check-in, augmented reality stuff that happened here in LA, the kind of shock drop that happened outside of ComplexCon last year in Chicago. You know, there's always something that's in person that's like this experience, you know, and that ties together with the digital experience that's created. So if you can't have all of it, it's going to be that much tougher and you, you're not going to be able to rely on hype because in the grand scheme of things, the hype drives a lot of the res- the resellers to go buy that product. Nothing against them. I'm not, I'm not taking shots. I'm just explaining it a little bit, but like the hype drives those resellers to go buy the product. The resellers then can sit on the product to make a little bit more money. But if people aren't spending a lot of money on the products and they're penny pinching more and more and more as as more and more people are either losing jobs or getting their hours cut back, then that whole system gets thrown into a whole blender like situation of like, what's going on? How does this work? So then you look at like the business side for Nike, they're not going to dump a bunch of money into a fear of God experience collaboration, you know, digital experience because there's uncertainty as to how well it will sell in this kind of new um, economy that we're going to be in. So to me, like it's a, it's a very complicated thing, but I just see it as like, let's just take this time to step back. If I'm a, if I'm the CEO of any of these companies, I'm going, look, our people need to take care of themselves. Let's slow it down. Let's, you know, make sure that we're not going to waste a bunch of money because if, if you spend a bunch of money on product, like that particular shoe you're talking about, Mike, if that's like the, the, you know, imagine if like you look at like the Hyperdunk, original Hyperdunk in 2008, 2009, as mm-hmm. like the, the comparison, if you didn't have all those in-person events, you didn't have the, the, you know, that's like peak blogs kicking off, right? Like energy everywhere on the internet yeah. around that one particular shoe. If you don't have that, that shoe doesn't have the, the, the power to like survive or to become like, you know, kind of iconic in a sense, right? Like it became like, that was like the point that to me that Nike switched from like making really good product that was going to last forever to let me just make a shoe that's going to last the season, but it's going to be the lightest, the best possible thing we can make. And we're going to keep the price relatively sane. So I just don't see them able to recreate that, you know, you know, and they'll, they'll, they've got creative people and they'll find ways, but it's going to be really, really like complicated for them to, to be able to sell product the way that they traditionally have. Yeah. I mean, you said it, uh, when you were talking, man, it's like, no one's really like, I mean, we're still, we're, we're sneakerheads. We're going to look at sneakers, but I don't, I feel like I've, you would think with more time on my hands, I would be just you know, ooh, I'm going to be all on these sites and all on these blogs, blah, blah, blah. Of course, I do it for us because, you know, we need to do our research for the podcast and everything we do. But I'm really not looking for things to purchase right now. I think I probably have one more good purchase in me, maybe this month or next. But I really, I have other things I want to, you know, be concerned about right now. And it's crazy how just one thing can, you know, change that. And I feel like, just kind of looking, browsing at the resale sites, you know, when we're talking about things on sale, there's been some drops in some in some different items there 
where it's just been what maybe two strong weeks of of us having to be in one place and there's not any you know, Nike and all of the stores closing. Um, you can see that the, the tension is being pulled little by little and people are having to make more uh, informed purchases. They can't just go out like, Ooh, I'm about to drop, you know, 10 grand and all these shoes. I'm gonna resell it for 50 grand. There's no, I may be speaking a little bit too drastically, but I, there's no resale market as far as I'm concerned right now, because there's just other things. I mean, there's a, you know, being funny, there's a better resale market on toilet paper right now. Than there is a pair of SB dunks. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's easier for me to find SB dunks than toilet paper at this point. I'm surprised that StockX hasn't thrown toilet paper and hand sanitizer up there. You know, like just Bro, to take advantage. It. <laughs> it's it's so good you said that, Mike. Because and I mean, Nick, you brought you two both brought this up. So, you know. Where testers can do the best job as they can to tell me how good a new basketball shoe is. But if I can't hoop, there's no need for me to sit on four pairs of dead stock basketball shoes. It's not their fault. It's just the kind of climate we're in or going to be even more in in a moment. And then on, you, you cope, you, you know, you mix that with not being able, not being able to wear the shoes you already own. Like, I love looking at shoes. I look at shoes to buy, like it's porn. Like, I just, I constantly look at Air Maxes on sale. But I can't even wear what I have in my closet. And I really want to wear what I have. I haven't been able to really switch shoes in like a week and a half now, almost two weeks. I mean, I could, but it's just, am I going to take a pair of shoes out to wear it from the bathroom to the kitchen? No. I want to go like out in my shoes and enjoy them. So like my drive to buy new is pretty low when I have like six pairs of dead stock shoes in the closet right now. I think that's, I think that's a great point. Um, too. like, I, I'm probably one of the few like sick people that has literally been throwing on a pair of shoes every day. Um, even though I'm not leaving the house. No, I'm with um, <laughs> I, I mean, for me, it's like, it, it at least feels a little normal. Um, it, it helps me feel a little normal, right? Like, don't get me wrong. It's not every day, but like, you know, the more I can, can do things that feel like a normal day to me helps me get through. And I think, you know, that's kind of why, like I hopped on the sneaker history Twitter today and was like, Hey, you know, let's see what everybody's rocking. What's your collection looking like? Because I think, you know, we inherently want to share and want to connect with people around this passion for sneakers. And, you know, to me, although I, I might not be able to continue on for the full year, the way I had originally planned, I, you know, posting a new pair every day means I've got to go to storage every couple of weeks to like swap out and, and bring out the old stuff and, you know, take things in because I just don't have the space in my apartment. But, you know, I'm still trying to post every day just because and, and not not only post, but just like throw on a pair of shoes at, at some point during the day to just be like, yo, like this is, you know, at least the way I would normally do it. And, you know, I can't knock anybody for, you know, for not doing it because it's, it's, it's pointless. Right. But for me, I look at it as like, okay, this is, this is like 
one thing I can do that, that makes me feel like it's a normal day, right? Like get up, like make my, I make like a little, uh, I've been making this like basically like lemon, cayenne, pepper, turmeric, uh, what else is in there? Cinnamon, like honey, this whole like concoction every morning for the past few years of my life. So like doing that, drinking some water, like putting the coffee on, showering, throwing the shoes on, like all those things are like, okay, this feels kind of normal and it makes me feel better than the days that I choose not to. And I end up, you know, sitting on the couch for an extended period of time or, you know, not taking a shower and you're like, man, what have I done? You know, it just feels like I, I, I am like really sensitive to that because I've had a lot of ups and downs and depression throughout the years. So you know, I've got to, I've got to do as much as I can to, to make the most of the situation and not to go too far on a ramp, but I really think like, you know, this is an important time for us to be kind with people. And I say that because if people have those things, like I have, I, I relate, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that I relate to somebody you know, making crazy TikToks or, you know, whatever their thing is. But I relate in a respect that like, hey, if this is something that they're doing in their house that makes them feel better about this day, then I don't need to shit on that. And, you know, many people will probably look at me putting on a pair of shoes going like, you don't leave the fucking house. Why are you putting shoes on? Like, there is no reason other than it just helps me a little bit. And I think like we all got to be open to people doing that and seeing that stuff on social. And like, I think like the, the, the deeper we get into this, the more important having that just like acceptance of like, Hey, let people be who they are and deal with this the way they have to is, um, you know, the, the only way everyone's going to get through it, but not to, not to rant, but I think like shifting topics before, you know, we run out of time here. One of the other things that we wanted to talk about today is all of these discounts and all of these sales that seem to be going on all over the place. And as much as like I'm not specifically buying anything new or um, looking for sneakers, there's a lot of great deals out there. Um, and I'm going to let Mike talk about it because he brought it up. But before I do that, I just want to say if you're going to spend money on sneakers right now, consider buying from a small shop, like pay the extra 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever that is, because Nike will always have the money to get through. The Nike brand is not going anywhere. There's so much money in the company, even Adidas, Reebok, you know, Asics, New Balance, all those companies have plenty of money to survive this. Now, I'm not saying they're going to survive and like have tons of money the way they do or the way they have in the past, but, but like, if you think of like a single boutique owner's store shutting down for two weeks, most of my friends that have stores, that could potentially put them behind on their rent or behind on their product orders or whatever that is. So a lot of these people are, you know, live in one, two, three months at very most in, you know, in survival mode. So if you have the option to buy a shoe, like from Nike for, you know, 80 bucks, or you can buy it from, you know, Joe's sneaker store for 85 or 90. I would really encourage you to spend that extra five or 10 bucks to support a small business because those people will not be there when this all is said and done if we don't support them. So with that said, 
Mike, go ahead and talk about this in a little more positive way, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's super well said. I mean, that's kind of my, my deal. And it may, even though it is a little tougher, uh, just to, before I get to the, the, the sales and stuff I've been seeing, but you know, it's a little tougher to get to those local stores, but check them out on social media. A lot of them are really working hard to find a way to get products to their customers because they need to. That's their, their lifeblood is, is you guys and us. So if you want something and you're, like, you're dead set on getting it, even think of it this way, shipping is probably be, it's going to take a while to get to you anyway. Why don't you go, you know, figure out the local thing. Some of the people are just letting one people in the store, to, one person in at the store at a time, no browsing, just know what you want before you get there, go grab it. You supported somebody. Maybe you help pay their rent. Maybe you pay one of their employees that day. So that's, that's a, a great statement that Nick made. But um, switching back to what we're talking about is that I don't know if, if you all as a, our, our listeners, our, our, our sneaker history family, have gotten the same emails that Nick uh, and Robbie and I have, but I've been getting flooded from like the foot brand stores, um, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, um, Hibbit. I've been getting flooded with emails for sales. And, and it's, it's crazy because typically sales are like 25% off of $100 or $99 plus. Right now, everybody's doing a 25% off 50 bucks. They're basically giving, if you can find something for $50, you're getting it for half off. So any a lot, a lot of apparel is going to be super cheap. I mean, a lot of stuff's on sale to begin with. I mean, say if in Nike right now, if you want to get a LeBron 7, the Fairfax have a full size run, $200 plus 25% off right now. So you're going to get, what, 50 bucks off of that bad boy? So it's going to be 150 which is you probably won't ever see it go on sale like that anywhere. They're really pushing hard to get items out of the store and into your hands as much as possible because they know their brick and mortars are closed, which is funny. This really proves that you can't get rid of brick and mortar. Um, I mean, right now, another great deal I saw on Foot Locker was uh, the Epic React Flyknit 2. I mean, again, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, running is probably the only active thing that a lot of us can do because not everyone has home gyms and this is the only active thing we can do that's not involved a lot of people this shoe is going for 119 bucks on sale plus another 25 percent off and it's pretty much a full size run there so there's a lot of things available if you're actually in the market for it i mean if you can if it doesn't affect your livelihood and you you know you want to get a shoe i say go for it i mean these are probably some of the best sales you can get right now and even goat sent me an email about shoes dropping 20% off. So that is really weird for the the reseller site to be dropping prices um, and telling you about it. What have you guys seen so far? Um, an Ultra Boost um, for 66 bucks. And I was tempted, but I only have three pairs I don't even wear in the closet. So going back to my earlier point, I don't have much of, a, of an itch to scratch from like general releases because I already had the same general releases in the closet. Um, another really good one that got me thinking, almost pulled the trigger. Um, I saw the What the Fours for 150 bucks free shipping from I think Foot Action or something. Yeah, 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 I saw those too. Almost bought them, but two points to why I didn't. Um, point number one, I'm going to try to get the Air Max duck camos on Thursday. So there's no reason for me to get that what the four. And even bigger than that, 
I didn't want to buy anything from foot action. I told myself in the last episode when we discussed how much we would spend or what, how we would spend a thousand dollars or $1,200 from the government on shoes. And my first place I check is soul supremacy just cause they always take good care of me. And the second place is index, which is offering free shipping right now because I want to give them my money. I, I want to buy a shoe from them. I could have a, what the four I could have had it, you know, three months ago, if I really wanted them, um, I don't like them that much. So there's, there's no reason for me to be drawn in on a $50 savings to buy something I wasn't all that sold on in the beginning. So if any um, shop owners or anything does happen to get a pair of desert, things called desert rat or desert sand, those Air Max 90 off-whites and that sand colorway, I will help you support your business. I look every couple days for a pair of those. I'm down to spend what they're worth. <laughs> Just, I need those shoes. So I don't want any of these foot action, foot locker sales. I just want that stuff I was never able to get when it released. And I want to support somebody who could use supporting in the process. Yeah, man. Likewise. I mean, I think that's like, you know, kind of my point coming into this part of the conversation is there's just so many ways that you can support, you know, uh, individuals. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, that your money doesn't eventually get to, individuals when you're buying from Nike or Foot Locker or whatnot. But to me, it's just like such an easy reason to go and, and, you know, support that boutique, even if it's just online, right? Like, you know, it's still, it's still like, I, I could tell you from experience when you buy from a small boutique or skate shop in some place that you don't even know about and up in, you know, upstate New York or the middle of Ohio or, you know, upper Michigan, like all these places where people don't necessarily think sneakerheads exist, you're supporting somebody that really loves sneakers by doing that. And those people in turn can bring more people into the community and educate people and help people, you know, like get jobs and hire people and that are into sneakers. And it's just such a, a beautiful cycle when you're supporting those small businesses. So I haven't looked specifically at any of the, like the sales or anything recently. Um, like I said, I'm not really looking to, to buy, but, um, I just think there's a lot of opportunity for us to go and support, um, the, the small businesses right now. Yeah. So before we get completely from that, um, United kicks out in Corona, California, you met up with them. Um, they always hold us down. They're available. They have some shoes there too. They have a pair of the purple toe, Jordan ones for a very reasonable price. So those are also on my radar. Um, they do shoe cleaning too with soul works. Um, so yeah, if you need your shoes cleaned or near the Corona area, make sure you check out their website too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and we'll, we'll put together, um, a list of, you know, shops and on the site. And then hopefully as people come hear this episode, they can go to sneakerhistory.com and, you know, either leave a comment or, or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram and just be like, Hey, this is one of my favorite spots. Let's, let's support them through this. Um, I actually started like a little Twitter feed, Twitter thread on my own account at Nick Ingvall for like restaurants here in LA that I really like. And I'm trying to like, I'm not spending a lot of money eating out, but you know, once a week I'm like, okay, 
let me go support one of these companies that I want to see here, you know, when I'm able to leave the house. And hopefully we can do that in the sneaker world as well. So, um, yeah, let's start, uh, we, we'll start that tomorrow. Uh, I guess it'd be today for people hearing it tomorrow. Uh, but let's start a, a, a thread on sneaker history where we'll start with our, you know, our three respective states, our local stores that we know of, and then have everybody join in. Cause I know that would definitely help out a lot of these stores and help out a lot of people who have, you know, we may not have the itch right now, but someone does to go buy something and this might help them out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. But, um, all right, so we, we better get out of here, but, uh, we appreciate all of you listening. As always, you can follow us at sneaker history on all the platforms. Um, myself at Nick Engvall, N I C K E N G V A L L. Uh, guys, let them know how they can find you online. Yeah, man. Uh, Mike Guillory, of course, Sneaker History. You can find me there. Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. And then last but not least, you can find me on YouTube at Mike Guillory, where I actually just put a new video out today. So go ahead and check it out. Let me know what you think. Robbie, where can we find you, buddy? You can find me petting my kitty at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Make sure you follow her on TikTok at SmalltownTony. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we appreciate all of you listening and we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. Hey everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a couple favors of you. If you're interested in more content from the sneaker history crew, become a member of our Patreon page where we post daily content, drop exclusive episodes, and host monthly giveaways. We'll even help you hunt for your grails. Check us out at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Also, make sure you sign up for our email newsletter at sneakerhistory.com slash email. We send out weekly updates on the footwear business and what we're working on here at Sneaker History. Last but not least, take a second to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how much it means to someone, and it might even plant the seeds for something even bigger. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.